Welcome to Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents Making money moves with the finest of gents Come and pull up a seat cause we're proud to present How to make some good decisions when you're on the fence Rob and Steve gonna tell you how to do it the best Hello and welcome to another episode of Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents I'm Stephen Ellis And I'm Robert Wolfson And we are the gents so, Rob, I hate to be that guy who brings up the weather because it's, I think we've talked about this. It's just a default when you don't have anything else to talk about. But I feel like it's topical right now how we went from really no winter, very little snow, warm to tons of snow and freezing cold. Yeah, you're right, Steve. Absolutely. It's been really a mild winter so far. We've been blessed. But uh, Mother Nature reminded us that it's still winter. We just had a huge storm come come through, and I don't know about you, but I shoveled my driveway about three times just yesterday alone. We had about two feet of snow, and yeah, it's uh, about 30 below as well. Yeah, I shoveled a bit, but that's also what the kids are for, right? I sent them out there with snow shovels. We make sure we we make sure we have enough shovels that all the kids can can pitch in. Get some cardio at the same time. Save my old back. Right. Steve, I'm also going to be the bearer of bad news, not only with the weather, but the markets have been a bit gloomier lately as well. Great analogy, Rob. Any uh, bowling analogies you can throw in here to relate to the markets or the weather? Or maybe football? <laughs> well, we've already talked about the Bengals and the Giants enough, so we won't bore the that listeners. That was gloomy. That, that was, was very gloomy. gloomy. But for bowling, for those, I am a competitive five-pin bowler. Oh, here we go. Here it's we like go. you're on a nice run of strikes. You have the turkey, the three strikes in a row, and then you have the dreaded head-pin split. That would be the bowling analogy. Very gloomy, I imagine. Not being a bowler myself, I just have to take Rob's word for it, as I'm sure many of our listeners will as well. That's right. Anyway, this is not a bowling podcast, although sometimes it could be mistaken for a sports podcast because we do talk a lot about sports, but it is a financial podcast, and we do want to talk a little bit uh, today about just some current events, Um, not events as much as just the state of the market. Maybe some headlines that are driving sentiment right now, for sure. Right, and maybe some historical data just to give you a better perspective in terms of some of the things we're seeing out there. So, Rob, I'll start off with the headline that I saw about a week ago, and that was, well, it was a question, is the current equity market rally sustainable? And I think if we look now a week later, we're starting to certainly second guess that. That is a really excellent question, Stephen. To our weather analogy, the year really started really nice and smooth. Uh, really bright and optimistic. As of February 16th, the S&P 500 was up about 7% and similar returns here in Canada as well. But really, that was suggesting that some investors are looking past the higher interest rates and looking at other areas of strength within the economy. Right, Rob. There was a lot of optimism, I think, in the market. And we did have that strong start. But I think we're starting to see a bit of doubt creeping into the markets right now where investors don't seem convinced that the current rally is actually sustainable. So there was actually a study that I read that was conducted by the Bank of America and 66% of respondents said the recent upturn in the markets is nothing more than a bear market rally. And that would then signal that equities could fall on the back of that. And I think there's a lot of historical data to support that. And we'll go through some of those numbers as well. Yeah, that's right, Steve. And our global portfolio advisory group actually compiled some data through Bloomberg, which has shown that on average, there's actually been about six rallies that have occurred in each of the last six U.S. bear markets going back to the mid-1960s. And interesting, in each of those rallies, 
They lasted about 27 days on average, with the markets recovering about 8%. Now, the S&P 500 has recorded three bear market rallies over the last year, and it's likely that we've just recently seen the fourth. So I think this all is very important, useful information. But I also think that it comes back to a point that we've made previously in that really we don't know what is a bear market rally and what is a true market recovery. So it comes back to the point, you know, stay invested for the long term, stick to the long term plan, don't try and time these things, right? Because we really don't know until after the fact when we have hindsight to look back and see whether it was a bear market rally or an actual recovery in the market. So, Rob, another thing that we're hearing, we're talking a lot about is recession. We talk a lot about 2022 and this uncertainty around recession. It's like, are we going into a recession or are we not? When is it going to happen? Are we going in or are we not? When is it going to happen? And, Rob, to drill down even further, if we do have a recession, will it be a hard landing, a soft landing? So there's been a lot of these questions, and I think that's really led to a lot of the volatility we've seen in the market in 2022 and are continuing to see here in 2023. See, that's a really good point, and I just think it's really worth pointing out just for our listeners. We use the terms soft landing and hard landing, but really a soft landing, all that means is an economic slowdown, and a hard landing is an outright contraction. And there's even been some talk of a no landing recently, Steve, which is really neither of those two events where we kind of just keep on keeping on for lack of a better term. But really, recent data suggests that the global economy is in a lot better shape than even just a few weeks ago. When you look at the data in the U.S., employers added over half a million jobs last month. And the robust labor market has also led to strong nominal wage gains as well, which have supported consumption. You need people to have jobs to get out there and go at spending money. And that's been evidenced by the U.S. retail sales climbing about 3% month over month last month in January. So that's very strong data, Steve. And even in Canada, the job market has been really resilient as well because the unemployment rate is hovering near an all-time low. Right, Rob. And I think if you want to call it the downside of this reacceleration in economic growth is that inflation has remained elevated and it's put additional pressure on policymakers to raise interest rates. Uh, more than they would need to under a softer, hard landing scenario. And as we know, Rob, one of the reasons for this is the strength in labor markets, right? We haven't seen those job numbers really come down. And I often say if people are working, then they're spending, right? So we're seeing better than expected job numbers. They're not coming down, so people are spending, and that's keeping inflation higher. Certainly a reason that inflation is staying high. And Rob, I think one of the difficult things to grasp right now is this this dichotomy in terms of our thinking in that normally we're looking for solid economic data to prop up the markets. And because we're trying to slow this growth in, or hike in rates and slow the economy down to boost the markets, we're looking for weaker data. So bad data is actually good. Bad is good, yeah. Yeah, it is weird to want bad data because that will help the policymakers know that they're doing a good job. Yeah, it's working. And again, I think that's what the market's looking for. So Rob, it's important to note that inflation is coming down, but we did have a little bit of an uptick. It's certainly not coming down at the pace that we've expected. So maybe talk a little bit about where some of that inflation pressure is coming from. Yeah, you're right, Steve. We We have had inflation coming down 
over the end of 2022, but for the July reading, the numbers came out a bit stronger than anticipated, both on the producer side and on the consumer side. So the core CPI rose a bit higher than anticipated. There was a bit of a rise in food, a little bit in gasoline, a little bit in shelter costs. So just some data which points to exactly what you're talking about, how people are still working, so they're out there consuming, and the Fed's trying to slow that spending. And that those rate increases just haven't fully been filtered through to the economy yet. You know, Rob, I feel like a bit of a broken record sometimes when we talk about these things. But when you talk about seeing a little bit of a, an uptick in, in CPI recently, some a lot of that came from uh, gasoline prices. You know, we are seeing oil prices being quite volatile uh, due to what's happening in the Ukraine and Russia. And recently, Russia actually announced plans to slash oil output in retaliation for some West uh, Western sanctions. Now, that said, I actually think that's already priced into the WTI crude oil price because uh, we haven't seen that move up a lot. It's still trading below $80 US a barrel. And I think that's largely because of the fact that we were expecting crude oil demand out of Russia to decline as a result of their invasion of the Ukraine. And so naturally now we're seeing them cut production to uh, reflect the lack of demand. There is a little bit of cautious optimism, though, on the oil market, Steve, and that's due to China reopening and relaxing their COVID policies. There's lots of people that are obviously getting out there and consuming because they haven't been able to for a long time. So that means more demand for oil. So better travel season, better tourism. So there definitely is hope that the China reopening will support oil prices on the other side and prop them up a little bit. And related to commodities as well, Steve, there's been a big move recently in the price of natural gas prices. Of course, we had a huge run up last year, of course, related to as well, as you mentioned, the Russia invasion of Ukraine and, of course, heating costs for our homes. But most recently, gas prices have fallen below $2 British thermal unit, which is the same thing when you talk about a barrel of oil, WTI. So natural gas is priced in British thermal units. So we're, we've dipped below 2 dollars for the first time going back to about September of 2020 so about 29 months and that's just because we've had a warmer than anticipated winter so we just haven't had that draw out of supply that we expected which has been a saving grace for the European economy for sure so we averted the energy crisis that we thought might happen this past winter. I mean Rob all of these things that we talk about whether it's oil whether it's you know China reopening the broken record items, the things we've been talking about, COVID. You know, all of those things, I think really what it comes down to is inflation and how everything is contributing to that and how that's really going to be the driver for where the markets go, certainly for the remainder of 2023 and potentially into 2024. And of course, Steve, that directly correlates into what the central bankers are going to do. Tiff Macklin and the Bank of Canada, they did raise 25 basis points or 0.25% at the last meeting. They did say they're going to stand pat for now, let that data filter through the economy. But conversely, on the south of the border, on the U.S. side, with the Federal Reserve, the central bank committee there raised by 25 basis points. Now, the market was pricing in potentially two more rate increases, but now potentially a third with that inflation data ticking up as unexpectedly as we talked about in January. Right. And with that announcement, Rob, now we're starting to hear that we may see another 25 basis point hike in July in Canada. That's right. 
And the reaction to that is we've actually seen a bit of an adjustment in the yield curve. And that's just a fancy way to say what the price of bonds are, whether you go short term and as you go longer out uh, as well. Even just three weeks ago, the five-year yield on the Bank of Canada was only 3% and the 10-year yield was about 2.9. And today, just three weeks later, we're at about 35 and 3.4. So the yield curve is really pricing in the fact that rates are going to be a bit higher for longer. And the Federal Reserve has been saying that all along. So the bond market is now matching what the Federal Reserve has been saying all along. Rob, I think with all of this, I mean, this is just obviously kind of a brief review of some of the headlines and things we're seeing. But we don't have a crystal ball, right? We, everyone out there knows that. But we're trying to sort of look ahead and forecast. And really what we see is this continued uncertainty. We expect continued volatility in the market. You know, the old saying, we're not out of the woods yet. You know, we get the sense that we're just really not out of the woods yet. I think there's a long ways to go. And in a lot of cases, the market can turn around unexpectedly and we don't know when that's going to be. But with all the data we've got right now, when we're looking at central bank policy and the language that, that's coming out of the Fed and the Bank of Canada, we certainly expect continued volatility here for 2023. Now, that said, it's important to note that the markets and the economy are not necessarily linked exclusively. The equity markets do lead us into a recession and they also lead us out. So there is a period of time in which the equity markets will have bottomed before we see GDP bottom. And there's historically been a significant return during that period of time. In fact, in our most recent memory in 2020, we had a recession where the equity markets bottomed 91 days ahead of GDP. So there is a, a fairly significant period of time there where the equity markets are already starting to rally before we see the GDP actually bottom and then an even greater period of time before we actually see GDP turn around. So just important to keep that in mind if you're looking at the economy and relating it to the markets. It's a great stat, Steve, great point. And as we've talked about on many episodes, the most important thing is just to stick to your asset allocation. It's time in the market, not timing the market. Be a bit strategic, but just talk to your advisor. Call us if you need help, that's what we're here for. And uh, don't let the outside noise stray you from your plans and don't be a turkey get strikes that's right that's my bowling analogy did that even well, make he, sense well if you get strikes you are a turkey oh turkeys are good though yeah turkeys so you want to be a turkey turkeys three strikes in a row so that's really good so you want to be a turkey be a turkey yeah all this talk of turkey is making me hungry it's anyway like, before things totally get off the rails here rob with this bad humor and these right. dad jokes steve i tried to tell my wife a bowling joke the other day but she said spare me Okay, too late. Things are off the rails. It's time to wrap it up. Time to wrap it up. As always, I am Stephen Ellis. And I am Robert Wolfson. And we are... A couple of gents. And we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>